Hi guys, welcome to another Your Health is Lit session. I'm Charlotte Walker, the PDNP. I'm Donna Williams, aka the Public Health Queen. And I'm Eve. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Miss Eve C. Brown here again, once again, our official third member of the Your Health is Lit. Oh, thanks. She comes through for us so much on so many topics. We gotta get Eve a name. We do have to get Eve a name. <laughs> so we are here tonight. Yeah, we'll, we will come up with something <laughs> to um, discuss inner um, partner violence or also like known as domestic violence. And um, as you guys may or may not know, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, so it's one of the many things that we're going to be focusing on this month. And I know people may question whether or not this is a health issue, um, but it actually really is. It The CDC reported that Intimate partner rape, physical assault, and stalking exceeded the cost of $5.8 billion um, almost each year. And $4.1 billion of that is to help with medical costs, direct, me like direct medical care, as well as um, mental health services after the fact. So we are here to tackle this issue in our community because it's happening way more than it should. Mm -hmm. Um, we definitely like it's been really in the news late we had a one of our um, Hillsborough County Sheriff deputies shot and killed his wife and himself um, this week mm. with four kids in the house mm -hmm. um, and then I know when me and Donna were talking about it she was telling me a the story girl in Georgia too. was 18 years old um, her boyfriend um, shot her she was on the highway trying to get help no one helped her and he ended up shooting her and then um i think they caught the guy so i think he's in custody now but i know there had been a long history of domestic violence and her mom trying to uh interject on everything and you know stop the whole situation and letting her know that this is not okay yeah and then my dad was sharing with me um about something that he had saw online this woman in texas called 911 and they recorded, of course, all the 911 calls are recorded. Um, she had a uh, order of protection against her ex-husband and he was parked outside of her house mm -hmm. and they didn't immediately dispatch police um, from how my dad is telling me the story. And throughout her trying to talk to the 911 operator, the ex-husband kicks in the door and she gets murdered on tape. Mm -hmm. um, like you hear my dad's like you can hear her like baby please baby please don't do this i never did anything to you and he stabbed her to death wow that wow yeah <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah yeah we had no actually i haven't heard of anything here recently um but i know that there was an active shooter situation recently in the news mm -hmm. um i can't recall what state it was in but it was like a um like a small town uh like one courthouse small town type deal and um the man like went through i don't know if there was security set up i don't know the situation but he came into the courthouse guns blazing looking for this woman i think they were actually having a dv related case or something yeah. that day yeah so she was already in the courthouse i don't think he got her but he wound up um um a police officer got injured in the process i believe and somebody else got hurt but i think she was okay yeah yeah but i think they wound up killing him outside of the courthouse yeah, yeah. it's it is it's a lot and it's it insane is. it is really it's something really serious and even though we will definitely you know our focus 
in this conversation is going to, you know, be on domestic violence against black, you know, black and brown women. Right. We don't, we would be, it would be irresponsible of us not to acknowledge the fact that men go through the same thing. And there are men out there who suffer from domestic violence, who, you know, and I feel like they're a little bit more stigmatized, you know, even us as black women were stigmatized, but for a man, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, you let her hit you, like, yeah. it, it's so much, there's so much deep-rooted, you know, stuff that goes into this to where they don't feel comfortable coming forward, and I've seen, because me and Donna, we have this, like, weird obsession with investigation discovery, <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> like, I have seen episodes on ID where, it's the man getting punched in the face and this is that. And then finally the wife finds the lady wife, whoever finds another boyfriend and has him murdered. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, we are just, we just want to acknowledge our men out there and say like, we know that this isn't just happening to us. Right. However, it is happening to us at an alarming rate. And so we're here for it today. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So So I think, (laughs) Starting off with, you know, some of the misconceptions that people may have with domestic violence, like, it's just not Ike and Tina, because I feel like that's every, I feel like that's every, like, Black person's, like, reference, like, when you think domestic violence, you're like, oh, Ike and Tina, I'm like, that's every, every Black person, first, like, why do we, no, but it's more than that, it can be emotional, it can be verbal, it can be financial, so where, like, you can't work. And they want to hold all the power. Like, there are so many different ways that you can be in a domestic violence situation. And I think Mm -hmm. that it is, again, irresponsible for us to only chunk it up to, like, well, oh, he's not punching you in the face. Right. That, no, because all of it is unacceptable. Exactly. All of it is. Exactly. So I know, Eve, I know you were telling us about um, just like the rate of domestic violence and how it has increased. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I believe the most recent stat has um, domestic violence happening with to one in three women and one in four men. And before it was one in four women and one in seven men. So it's increasing. Um you know, as, as the years go by, and, and it actually looks like the men are about catching up to the women, so, I mean, that could be due to a, a few factors, but yeah, it's almost, almost even, yeah, 35.6% for women and 28.5% of men are, um, are in some kind of, will have experienced some form of domestic violence, be it rape, physical violence, stalking. Yeah. Yeah, at least once in their lifetime. Yeah, I think that you know, one thing that I found was interesting, and we can tell, we're about to talk about it, is the fact that a lot of people feel like they hesitate to mm-hmm. report, or like, you know, a Black woman would hesitate to call the police yeah. on this guy, because they're more afraid, they would rather them take whatever they're taking, mm-hmm. the police come and shoot him dead. Okay. And so I really, I, I was like, that's sad. Like, you know, we, like, we'll take it. You know, we'll take the abuse. I'll take him beating on me because if I call the police, like, I don't, I love him. I don't want him to die. Yeah. You know, because yeah. so many men, black men are being shot to death by the police. 
that, you know, they're saying that that can cause um, just a delay or almost a hesitancy and mm -hmm. people calling the police is mm -hmm. the fear of police brutality, not only against the man, but against the woman. <laughs> like they, they don't want that involvement because it could mm -hmm. turn out being so much worse instead of them de-escalating the situation. Um, yeah. There are people who are just afraid all the way around and feel like they have no outlet. Yeah. I mean, or it even could be a situation where they hesitate to call just because of the general mistrust with law enforcement already. Right. Like, what if I call and they don't believe me and they do nothing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, we, you know, a lot of the stereotype that people portray of Black women is that, like, we're, like, you know, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, we, right. like, like, we're, like, we couldn't be a because we're like loud mouth and you know we're in your face and we don't take nothing from nobody and mm -hmm. that I feel like just knocking down those barriers like it can literally happen to anybody right. like it could be one of your co-workers and you would never know mm -hmm. you would never know exactly. because they do so well with covering it up right right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. right. yeah very good with putting on that that strong front even at our own detriment <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And, and so i feel like sometimes um you know like law enforcement like even if they come get them they won't push like you know they don't they don't press charges like it just or they just, let them go or they drop the charges yeah 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 so there's just so many things that i feel like roll into this you know do we not call the police do i call the police and then we end up on the news as a hashtag or do i just take this right and i feel like we have to do better at educating people about just the impact like don't call like call the police <laughs> like because if it literally could mean your like your life kind of either way if you even if you are afraid like Either way, it could be like either way, it could be your life. So they would right. just rather deal with. Yeah, because maybe they, they think it won't. Maybe I, I think maybe just the fear of what could happen if the woman isn't believed or the man, um, if the police don't believe them or they let them go. Like let's say they just hold them overnight. So now he's really mad. Yeah, he's coming back for, and it's going to be worse now. Right. Because you called the police on me. Mm -hmm. I had to go to jail. Right. And okay, so now I have to punish you. Instead of that retaliation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the thing is, what it really is for whoever the abuser is, the man or the woman, it's a power and control issue. That's mm -hmm. what the of it. Yeah. And they will do what they feel is necessary. They'll justify any excuse as long as they are able to maintain what they perceive to be power and control yeah. over the other person. Yeah. Yep. That narcissistic, narcissism, yeah. <laughs> that narcissistic, um, like, personality. So, E, for people who don't know what narcissism is, mm -hmm. can you just kind of give us, like, a broad overview of what narcissism is and kind of what it looks like? Okay. So, narcissism is um is actually uh, well narcissistic personality disorder is actually a mental health um condition 
but narcissism in general is um, defined as someone who has like um, a grandiose sense of self. Mm -hmm. um, they think it's more, a lot of people kind of misconstrue it and think, well, this is just someone who's overly confident. Yeah, there is overly confident, but then there are the people with narcissistic traits who kind of create this false sense of self to the um to the public or to the outside and they present themselves to be great people great people yeah everything is all about them very self-serving um but behind closed doors they're completely different people and the people who see that tend to be the ones who they claim that they love but the thing is they lack empathy and they also lack the capacity to really know how to love so they they don't know how to do it they really can't they can say they love somebody but it's just words but there's no action behind it yeah yes yeah, so it just it that that personality trait and you know, I feel like these are the people, they come, like, they have a history of this. So, like, I always tell young teenage girls, like, if he has a history, like, if he did it once, he'll do it again. Mm -hmm. They have this history, like, you know, it always starts out with the narcs, like, it starts out great. They love you, they shower you with all these gifts. Ooh, girl, like, <laughs> just, like, they have so, like, they really make you feel like you are everything. And uh -huh. they, it's, it's like a, like a, a bait and switch <laughs> like they get you uh-huh and then it then it turns yeah. now they have it's, you. It's, now actually called, it's actually called love bombing where they um the target basically um, <laughs> yeah. about it. i mean it's really that's crazy it's crazy but it actually is very predatory yeah. that they find someone that um yeah they target somebody and they shower them with all this love and affection and they want to move the relationship very quickly um all of a sudden this person is the love of their life and they want to start a family with them and do all this stuff and they want to take care of them and they make all these promises and they say they're so great and so beautiful and um and so the the person thinks okay this is awesome you know we can't you know I can't do any wrong, but then what happens is that the minute that the target shows the narcissist that um, he or she is human, that's what flips the switch. That's what it is. Okay, you're not perfect like I wanted you to be, so now we have a problem. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> that, like, that, that they've coined a term for. I mean, it definitely is a thing, but they've um they've coined like that it does it is predatory it's just like the men that sit outside and decide that they're gonna you know i'm gonna snatch that kid and they wait <laughs> they do though but that's how they do it they sit and they wait and yeah. they're like, oh, I'm, you know like when they are looking to abduct children like it's it is predatory so it's like they're preying on women yeah it's predatory i feel like sometimes domestic violence happen with women who they know don't have like a new family yeah or, like, they look, they look for they that look people who are kind of like <laughs> They know they can take advantage of. They look for that. They look to isolate. That's that's what it is. Yeah, and a lot of it is um, they tend to go after women who have 
because they lack empathy. Mm-hmm. So if they have observed that a woman or a man, whoever it is, is very empathetic and has a really um, strong ability to kind of put themselves in somebody else's shoes and relate to somebody else and, you know, just, just have that whole, I can feel whatever you're going through and I kind of like take that on myself. So if they sense that that's how this person is, they are almost like the perfect target because then they can in turn pretty much dump all their crap onto this empath, that's what they call them. And he or she just takes it, takes it all in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it is very predatory, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so it is estimated that 29.1% of African-American females are victimized by um, intimate partner violence or domestic violence in their lifetime. So this includes rape, physical assault, and stalking. Okay. And some people may feel like stalking is not domestic violence, but it is. Like, it's not cute that he want. like, um, there's a video, um, a commercial that plays, mm-hmm. and they're targeting teenagers because it's now becoming more prevalent in our teens, um, domestic violence in high schools and even in middle schools. And there's, um, I broke your phone because I love you. And like, all, like, all of these things. And they're like the commercial, I have to find it and put it in because the commercial shows all of these all of these subtle things and they're like this isn't love like they right. point out all of these things that the kids make oh you know he's just kind of jealous because you know he really loves me the most and I shouldn't have text Tom my science partner <laughs> and so he broke my phone and some girl like some girls think that stuff is cute but it's yeah it's it's possessive and so you know we just really need to be aware that it's happening more than just you know to adults these are this is happening to to teenagers you pay attention to those signs yeah yeah for sure um i think another thing that i found is that um a lot of us in our community that you know everybody's mom was like what happened in my house stays in my house (laughs) right and that's not is dumb. <laughs> that's that's not always the case. Like that's not always smart. They feel reluctant, you know, to to share what's happening with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel guarded and they don't trust. And you know, kind of backtracking um, because I know that it's more than just African American women, mm-hmm. but these women who come from you know um, overseas who may or may not have come legally mm-hmm. they are they are less likely than we are mm-hmm. to report because they're afraid that they're going to get sent back to mexico they're going to get sent back to guatemala wherever they came from they're going to get deported mm-hmm. and now they're apart from their kids and their kids are left with this crazy like person you better believe mm-hmm. that that abuser has let her know yeah. Oh, I'll, you better not call. I'll you'll get deported it right back. Uh, right back to wherever you came from. Mm-hmm. And so it's you know these guys that go overseas and get these wives. Like, sometimes it makes me cringe because it's like I don't know. Like you never know. Yeah. You know, a lot of them do it with the intention of 
finding somebody that they can have control over. You're going to stay here. You're going to cook. You're going to clean. And if you don't, you're going to go back to Pakistan, back like wherever wherever they came from. Right. <laughs> women are a lot less likely to report. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, you know, if we can have these umbrellas of protection for people, like let's say somebody, you know, how they have it for like if you overdose on heroin and somebody mm-hmm. drops you off at the ER, like the person who dropped you off, if they're high too, like they're not going to get arrested. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why we don't have that same kind of policy. Like, I'm here to help you get out of an abusive situation. Right. If you are undocumented, we will help you. If mm-hmm. you are brown, we're not going to shoot you. Like, mm-hmm. here's this umbrella of protection. We will do it for drug addicts, but we won't protect our women. That doesn't make any sense. You have to advocate for those laws and stuff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense to me. No. I got worked up, y'all. Like, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> because I mean, and and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have those things in place because people are overdosing and all of that, but I'm, it just does not make sense to me that we will have something in place for drug abusers and we don't have something in place for people who really need help. Narcan yeah. is given away for free and insulin costs seven hundred and fifty dollars a vial. I I don't understand how this works <laughs> like I, I don't understand it yeah I, I agree yeah we definitely need to be um better policies policies in place to protect vulnerable people from uh situations like this because yeah it's happening everywhere it, it, it absolutely is um you know but of course we're again more it's happening in a more disproportionate rate right? yes. yeah so like 35 percent higher yes yeah. dv yeah. in the african-american community than anywhere else that's and, wow and we're not even talking about like people like cussing you out like that stuff i think that is so accepted in our community like oh man you know we just cuss each other out but that like that's domestic violence Mm-hmm. How can you say you love somebody and then turn around and call them everything but a child of God? Absolutely not. Yeah. That's not what love looks like. Right. Right. I agree. I'm coming off my soapbox, y'all. I just, <laughs> I guess this stuff, because I see these, you know, these teenagers in clinic. I see, I see it. You know, I work in an inner city clinic where I like, I see this stuff every day. Mm-hmm. And even when it comes to, like how some of these moms talk to their kids. Yeah. Like he's two. Mm-hmm. Why are you cussing him up and down? And in, in this, in my office, mm-hmm. why he's two? Get right. a hold of your baby and mm-hmm. get a hold of yourself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Stuff yeah. Funny. Yeah. I, I, mean, I work in the inner city hospital. I see it too. Yeah, because you work postpartum. Do you see? Do you encounter a lot of that? with like the mom and the dad's kind of some like sticky situations? Um, I won't say all the time, but yeah, it does happen. I guess on a, it, it does happen. It does. Um, yeah. The man gets upset for whatever reason. And then there's a screaming match in the room. Um, mama might slip up and, say something in the middle of an argument and that just sets the man off and so now there's like 
yeah so now it's loud we've got to get security um you know now all of a sudden they're screaming for a dna test i mean it's just it's it's really <laughs> it, it's exhausting it's exhausting it's exhausting. <laughs> exhausting like it's exhausting. we had i had an incident um recently where like the dad there was an injunction and somehow he made it to the hospital Hmm. and so because I do rounds in the hospital in the morning and somehow he was like in the room with mom holding the baby how did you make it this far yeah and that's what you know when people have when they have these injunctions in place and it was kind of like we had to kind of like quietly come up with this plan of action and you know do what we needed to do on our side but that's scary because he's in that room with that mom and that baby Mom could be asleep, you know, after you have a baby, these women are exhausted, they're dozing in and out, and because he's so mad at the mom, or, you know, he feels some kind of way, or the attention is no longer on him, we yeah. soon turn into child abuse. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. y'all so deep. I'm sorry, I need to just, <laughs> and I've never, I've never, <laughs> this has never happened to me, but it just, I see... I just see these, I see these girls, um, and I say girls because I work in peds, and so I know that it's happening to grown women, but I see, like, I see teenage girls who, you know, the boyfriend calls, she's at the hospital, you know, she's at the clinic seeing me with the baby, where the F you at? Like, really, sis? Right. You don't tolerate that? Mm-hmm. Why are you not here at the, ho- at the clinic with your baby? Then you, then you would know. and I I just always want to say like girl let me help you like Mm -hmm. no man's supposed to talk to you like that yeah I mean unfortunately sometimes it's just it's normalized because that could be what both of them grew up with so they just think it's acceptable so they don't know that a relationship can look a whole lot different they they really don't know um, i mean that's that's part of it if the whoever it is that's um being abused if they're not aware of their own power then they tolerate a lot of things that they don't have to right right yeah. i think one thing that really um that we kind of hold on to is this thought that we can change somebody or that you know especially me being married um mm-hmm. you, you a lot of women are like well we're we're married women stay because they don't want to be alone they'd rather have something than nothing even yeah. if it's poor mm-hmm. some women stay because they feel like they're so i'm ride or die and you will die for real like <laughs> like i'm ride or die and they want to be loyal and you will die for real yeah and then some women who are so you know, well, the Bible says, look, um, <laughs> no, because the stuff with the church, a lot of women don't or they speak feel like up. They have to be submissive to their husbands. Like Submit back what? in the, it's kind of like back in the old days, like with your grandparents and stuff, and they're like, no. oh, the let man me tell is y'all supposed something. to leave. Let me tell y'all, you that's not the way. But the, but that's so not the way. Oh. That is it's not necessarily <laughs> always the woman who says, oh, I have to be submissive. Um, more often than not, it is the man who has misinterpreted mm-hmm. the Bible and has decided that 
he has the authority to tell her how she needs to be different. Mm -hmm. So they cram submission and other things in the Bible that suit them down her throat. They don't cram it. They pervert it. They take the word of God and they pervert it because yes, I submit to my husband. Like I want, there was one time it was recently, I wanted to go to this Beyonce concert and, (laughs) but my, like we are, we have so many things coming up and my husband's like, don't you, aren't you going to Vegas? Like, I don't think, like, this time around, like, we're not spending money to see Beyonce. And I just, I was like, okay. Yeah. I'd take it on the chin. He meant, I mean, he meant well. It wasn't, he wasn't depriving me of anything. So there are sometimes when decisions are made in the house, I don't always agree with him. Like, I can't get new body, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but you know what, you're right. But mm-hmm. when your husband or your 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 husband your spouse when they you know they're supposed to submit too it's not just yeah. women doing this that's the part that they're them. supposed to submit now, to god in situations like that they focus so much and i had to go look at us i want to make sure i quote the right right thing they are so quick to harp on these women on ephesians 5 and 22 that they just completely ignore 525 to 29. Okay. <laughs> love your wife. That's Christ love. The Bible says love your wife 18 like 1800 <laughs> times and I feel like our pastor said, "You want to know why the Bible says love your wife 1800 times?" He said, "Cuz we're not good at it." So God had to keep reminding us that this is our job to love yeah. your wife. Love your wife. Love your wife. Loving me is not you putting your hands on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or telling me that I'm everything except um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it all goes back to power and control, and they'll use any means, even the Bible. Yeah. If that means they can exert some kind of control over their their needs, they sure will. Um, Yeah. So some women, and um, I read this somewhere, and it said some women feel like they, because of their beliefs, they have to impart forgiveness on their abusers. Mm-hmm. and endure the, um, the abuse due to religious obligations under Christian doctrine. Hmm. Look here. <laughs> Nowhere in my Bible does it say, thou may put your hands on me. No, it does not say that. It doesn't say that at all. Yeah. It doesn't. And I really, this gets me fired up because I love Jesus and I know like what he made these relationships to look like and for right. people to try to take it and pervert it so they can, like to suit mm-hmm. their trash mm-hmm. it makes me so I'm there I'm there with you. yeah yeah and, 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 and it, it, it is crazy and um especially just staying on this whole using the bible topic um I mean they'll pull out verses completely pervert them like you said totally misinterpret them and then try to force that on the spouse like this is the way to go and um yeah and they'll try to present god as like this god of war and fire and brimstone and bad things are going to happen to you blah 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 but there's so much in the bible that talks about how god is love and he's love he has a good plan for you and and Mm -hmm. what's this for you and you know all of his promises you're fearfully and wonderfully made but then you'll turn around and tell me I ain't nothing, ain't gonna be nothing, ain't never been nothing. Put your hands on me. Okay? No. No, Ike. Absolutely not. (laughs) 
Um, so one thing that I thought, I feel like domestic violence is not something that's talked a lot about in the church. Um, and I was actually listening to um, another, like a Christian podcast and um, the podcaster, her name is Mo Diggs. I love her. Shout out to Mo because she talks about all, like she has the hottest of the hottest tea. Um, and so she was talking about like, you know, how domestic violence isn't something that's always talked about in the church. You right. know, they'll spend a lot of time telling women how to become a good a good wife, but we yeah. don't spend enough time training up these men to become good husbands, yeah. to be ready for the wife that I'm about to become. Right. You're not ready for me yet, boo. Yeah. <laughs> You're not. Yeah. And I, so um, one thing I love about my church is that our pastor, we were feeling, uh, I don't know, we're, he, we, we talk, we all he talks a lot. <laughs> I, I think I don't know if it was Bible study. I can't remember. <laughs> pastor Jomo said it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, he said that the Bible talks about two reasons to where it is okay for you to, like, you know, is acceptable to divorce. Abuse, not abuse, I'm sorry, that's wrong. <laughs> Adultery and abandonment. Yeah. But in our church, mm-hmm. it was like, we've added two other ones because right. abuse and addiction, so he calls it the four A's of divorce. Mm-hmm. Abuse, abandonment, adultery, and addiction. Mm-hmm. Those four things are a no-go. Yeah. You need to be safe. Mm-hmm. It, abuse is not something that's in alignment with God. So he's right. like, even though it's not directly in the Bible, like, is this something God really wants for your it's life? An, there are lots of things that aren't in the Bible, but does it align with God's word? Addiction right. and abuse do not align. And so therefore, mm-hmm. you need to be safe. Yeah. And you can still forgive somebody and yeah. not continue to be in a relationship <laughs> with them. <laughs> Like, listen to me, Linda. <laughs> you do not have to be in this situation. I can, I can forgive you, you and, and love you with the love of God. Okay. But I can okay. still go down into the cross and find them papers. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it just, there's so much, y'all. Like, I could do this all day because yeah. it, it goes so deep. Like, it does and it crosses so it touches so many different areas and a lot of times we just tend to think and I mean this is society as a whole that it's only physical or violently sexual mm-hmm. not always the case it can be like we said verbal it could be mental going back to the whole narcissism thing um, a lot of abuse in that particular um, vein is psychological. A lot of um, what is referred to as gaslighting, where let's say, let's see, let me see, that's a good example of that. Um, we're having a conversation and I go, you're stupid. And then you say, what'd you say? And I go, I didn't say that, what are you talking about? I'm saying this. <laughs> that <junk is> crazy. <laughs> no, you just called me stupid. No, I didn't. You tripping. And it goes back and forth like that to the point where now I'm questioning. Maybe she did call me stupid. Maybe I was kind of tripping. That's gaslighting. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> but people, but they do it. But they do that. Like 
that psychological stuff because now I feel like and the psychological stuff yeah in so many facets like we already don't address mental health issues uh-huh. so I feel like people don't feel like mental abuse is a real thing yeah. I mean, it's for real. These women have post-traumatic stress disorder. Like, these women take years mm-hmm. to recover and to heal and to trust people and they're waking up in cold sweats and they're having physiologic symptoms yeah. from psychological stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people people will understand that stress will kill you, but then don't think that mental abuse is a real thing. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't add up. Um, yeah. And I think something that we actually need to encompass is technological abuse. Okay. Because now we have Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, and mm-hmm. Twitter. And so a man will get mad that, mm-hmm. you know, such and such broke up with him. And then photos. I watched a, Netflix, docu- a Netflix documentary about revenge porn. And so they are... They are sending pictures out that were only meant for you. Mm-hmm. And it ruins this. I trusted life. you and I was vulnerable. So I agreed to take this picture in my vulnerable, naked state. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're going to send it to my mama and my boss all over the place and everybody else. <laughs> Technological abuse is a real thing in 2018. Yeah. Having, creating fake profiles and having such a, like, the stuff that I see in this office with these kids. Yeah. And it's it's insane. Yeah. Technological abuse. Mm-hmm. Because you got mad because that was your boyfriend or your girlfriend and she decided she don't want to be with you anymore. So you sent her picture all around the school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think we should also talk about the impact that domestic violence has on the kids. Y'all know I'm a pediatrician. Hi, Donna. <laughs> we have a visitor. <laughs> Hi, Donovan. Just as we segue to children, here comes mine. <laughs> um, I think the impact of domestic violence on <laughs> look man we, look, he, he's a part of the your help is what team the impact that it has on children growing yeah. up in a household like that mm-hmm. um, it it's a lot it it's is lot. so we <laughs> recently started doing this um, this screening in our facility is called ACEs um, and I think it's advert it's screen we screen for adverse the adverse childhood event screen okay because we are linking what's called toxic stress mm-hmm. so constantly under stress mm-hmm. um, whether it be because your mom lost a job a parent is incarcerated mm-hmm. growing up in a home with domestic violence drugs mm-hmm. all of that stuff we are seeing kids have real physiologic high blood pressure, diabetes, mm. asthma, yeah. linked to toxic okay. stress. And okay. so now we are screening for it. Okay. And I think that people, you know, will think like, oh yeah, like 
they may be, you know, they may need some psychological counseling, but like, no, now your child is on like hypertension medication, Mm -hmm. grown up in an an environment Mm -hmm. where there's chronic toxic stress. Yeah. And I I didn't know about that. Yeah. And I think that people really need to consider you know, when they're in these situations, and by no means am I minimizing how hard it can be to leave a situation, but think about your kids, like, you think that this is a healthy environment for your kids, Mm -hmm. for them to see that every time daddy comes home from work, he's ready to punch a hole in anything and everybody, Mm -hmm. that, it yeah. really causes long-term effects outside of whatever right. mental stress or you know, mm-hmm. it like it's lit. It can literally kill them. Makes you shut yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I did not know about that. That's interesting. But you know, some sometimes there may be a misconception that the children are really impacted if they're not victims of the abuse mm-hmm. let's just say it's all going down between mom and dad but no it impacts them too because they're witnessing it yes. so they um they'll start wetting the bed again when they had previously been potty trained mm-hmm. or they have all of a sudden become much more aggressive in school or they're anxious and really jumpy all the time and they didn't have any of that before that's all due to being a part of a household with domestic violence in it Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think it's a long-term effect to that, and I know that I definitely can talk about that because, mm-hmm. yeah, be when I was young, I grew up in a domestic violence situation where my dad used to abuse my mother. So, I know growing up that it kind of makes me sometimes shut down towards people, or it kind of makes it hard for me to trust people. Mm-hmm. So I know it can have some long-term effects and for me personally I always say that nothing is wrong with going to therapy um I've always thought about going to therapy just to have someone to kind of talk about that because a lot of times when we get older we kind of bottle up and not want to talk about it even with like my siblings like I, we don't talk about the it. whole family pretends like yeah, it never we, happened. We know it. <laughs> we know happened, it happens. We know it's but we really don't bad. talk. Of, we really don't talk about it, and mm-hmm. it's just like growing up. It has kind of made me feel like a certain type of way because when my mom used to get abused, it was just like wow, you know. I wonder why she kind of stayed with my dad. You know, mm-hmm. I I love my dad to death mm-hmm. and stuff, but it's kind of like. It made me feel like, you know, when I do meet someone or when I do get a husband, Mm -hmm. I know I'm not going to accept that or I'm not going to put up with that. But Mm -hmm. it does have a long term effect on you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely hard. And I I think in in that case, yeah, if you've been considering going, go Mm -hmm. because they can really help you ID some of those red flags because the thing is, with abuse is so subtle Mm -hmm. it starts off so subtle and Mm -hmm. and if you're not aware you can miss it Mm -hmm. so I mean and I completely understand because I was in a toxic relationship myself so I missed a lot of stuff in hindsight I'm like yeah 
Yeah, that that was one, and I completely over my head until it got bad, <laughs> you know. So and and again, I wasn't aware, so I missed a lot of red flags. So I would definitely encourage you to yeah to definitely you know educate yourself on it. Um, definitely consider going to um, therapy about it because all that can do is just help make you stronger. So then that way you can identify that red flag and listen to your gut. It's when something's like, okay, this ain't right, don't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Go with that. <laughs> and go out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Real <laughs> And a lot of it, I think it's just that we ignore those instincts. Those God-given instincts. We're so in love, child. Yeah. We're so love. in love. <laughs> oh my by gosh! Love. And, and um, all the right things. And yeah, so yeah, great. we're so in love. And the Holy Spirit's like, <laughs> no, 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 run, run away. <laughs> but God, I'm so in love. <laughs> love is blind. You remember that the Eve, the Eve, where she then she had that video. That was probably the last time that we talked about domestic violence in the black community. Eve made that video. Love love is blind. Blind. You don't remember the movie? And yeah, and it was about domestic violence. Yeah. yeah. And I think she had a friend or somebody that so. was killed. And that's why she did that video. And okay. that was the last time we talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> like as a community, that was the last time this was an issue. Oh, and Chris Brown and Rihanna. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. And but just to add on to that with the whole thing with these types of relationships, and part of it is that uh, we miss those red flags and uh, we don't always recognize it as abuse right, in the, right away, especially if it never turns physical. That was my situation. I was never hit, push, punch, kick, slap. None of that ever happened. It was a lot of psychological stuff. Mental, financial, that was a big one. Um, sabotage emotional sabotage and mm-hmm. spiritual so, so that's why i kind of get a little amped up the whole yeah because <laughs> we was going and this is like ephesians 5 and 22 <laughs> there's so much more commands to the husband than it is to the wife though but we want to we want to ignore all, all all that yeah read around the scripture <laughs> read the rest oh, of it <laughs> exactly <laughs> um so with that being said, I know we, I feel like we have just, we could have part two of this because, <laughs> because I don't even feel like it's enough, but we definitely just wanted to like come like and talk about the situation and we encourage you guys to share. Mm-hmm. And as always, we want to leave you guys with um, just some tips and some things to look out for because even if you're not the person being abused like there may be somebody maybe that person at work that's always quiet that may be going through a silent struggle and so we want to educate our listeners um on some like some signs that you need to look out for in the event that you think that someone's being abused so you want to keep out keep an eye out for things like this excuses for injuries Um, personality changes like low self-esteem and someone who was always confident, Mm -hmm. um, constantly checking in with their partners, never having money in their hands, Mm -hmm. overly worried about pleasing their partners, skipping out on work, school, or social outings for no clear reasons, 
or even wearing clothes that don't fit the season, like long sleeves in the summer to cover bruises. Yeah. I had a mom come in the office and she had the worst black eye. I, I said, what happened to your eye? Like to the point where I was like, I thought like I was on Friday. Like, <laughs> dang. <laughs> what happened? She was like, I fell on the steps. That doesn't add up. Right. It, yeah. You fell on the and and hit your eye? What kind of steps do you have? Like, <laughs> I don't this shaped steps. Yeah, like not to make light of it, but it's just it's like the injury did not yeah. add up. Right. to what she was telling me right somebody knocked her in her eye yeah and she's an adult and this is what I don't like so for children and for older adults mm-hmm. if me being a healthcare provider I'm obligated to report if I think a child is being abused mm-hmm. or if I think an older yeah, adult older is being, being abused if mm-hmm. a woman does not give me consent to call the police or to like if she doesn't give her consent for help I could know in my soul I could know no but if she doesn't want me to report it then I can't yeah that's garbage too (laughs) like yeah that's one of those policies like so I can wait what yeah if the kid's being punched on that's a problem I absolutely have to tell Mm -hmm. if the you're obligated to report yep mm -hmm, if the grand if the grandparent is being said she fell on the steps I'm obligated to report mm-hmm. but I see that you have this black eye and yeah. you have no real explanation to me about it mm-hmm. and I can't say a word mm-hmm. besides asking are you safe at home and her response was yes are you like are you sure are you safe at home is there anything I can do to help you mm-hmm. no 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 I'm clumsy okay Abuse is real. Yeah, okay. And I have to let her go. Like, you know, and I can't keep her and, you know, I'm calling the people right now. Like, you know, like, if they do not want your help um, or are afraid for your help, there's no, there's nothing that I can do. And I don't like feeling powerless. um, Mm -hmm. because I see it more often than I would like to. Yeah. I really probably should call somebody excuse me so then you find the reasons like get her by herself like oh you want to help me come do whatever I need to do over here and you're like are you okay like you know like you have to find some inconspicuous way Uh it's just it's it's harder than it has to be for these women and there's not enough shelters Mm-hmm. there's not enough resources mm-hmm. and so we definitely want to um just arm people with the knowledge because they may be able to be a resource to someone yeah and the best thing that i think um somebody can do if they become aware that um that a friend a relative co-worker is in a in a domestic violence situation is just be there to support and definitely be non-judgmental um just ask what can they do to help um because a lot of what goes around and i see this on social media a lot well why does she just leave it's not always that simple it's It's not that simple at all yeah and it's crazy that you bring that up because i have a really close friend of mine who i've been really close to since college 
and she's going through like a domestic violence situation right now and she calls me and I talk to her mm-hmm. and it's like I want to tell her like I kind of have told her in the past like you know you need to leave him and she's it's kind of like she doesn't have anyone she doesn't have any family and he just does her. he isolate he isolates her and he verbally abuses her and she he knows he she doesn't have anywhere to go so it's kind of like he says all these things to her like no one wants you and it's kind of like in the past I would tell her like you need to leave him you need to leave him but it's getting to the point where you know she kind of knows she needs to leave but I think right now that she just needs me to be there to support her and to let her know that everything is going to be okay. But when you make that decision that you're ready to leave, like I'm here for you. Yeah. So it's kind of encouraging her right now, but it's, you know, on the other hand, it's kind of tough to watch her go through, to go through that right. and to know that she's being abused and it, mm-hmm. it just kind of hurts. Cause it's like, what more can I do? You know, I'm supporting her. It's kind of like, I just want to go there just like, and beat him up. up I've had, girl, let's go. Yeah, I've had, I've had friends. And it's hard when it's somebody you love. Like one of my friends, I've known her, we've been friends since we were 15 years old. And one day she sent me a picture and her eye was black. Oh, two man. seconds I forgot how much I, I forgot I was saved and <laughs> I was like I'm on my way like it infuriates me so much and I feel powerless and I want mm-hmm. to like punch him in the face like girl, all you gotta do is gonna punch him back in the face. but that's not the answer yeah, and so I definitely understand like being that friend all I could do was support her and be there for her mm-hmm until she did and she eventually did make the decision you know a decision that was better for her and for her kids and it but watching it yeah that stuff it's hard and then like and because it doesn't like you know use on the outside you see it mm-hmm. like I'm like you see mm-hmm. like you said how the red flags go over your head to her that's their normal yeah that's an everyday thing I'm like, are you? No, Andre never, ever, or husband. Yeah. That's what I call him. Husband. husband never does anything like that to me. Like that's not normal. Mm-hmm. That's abnormal, and you need to call your brother. <laughs> like you need to call your brother because that's very abnormal. Right. Right. Yeah. A lot of them just feel stuck, and especially in situations where, um where they are by themselves, they've been isolated, which more than likely was done intentionally. Mm-hmm. They have to pull that woman away or a man from their support system. That's how they're able to get more control. If I can get you away from your people, then I can really get all up in your ear and really do and say whatever I want and you will have nowhere to go because there's no place, there's no place else for you to go. And I can control everything in the bank account so you try to leave, I'm shutting it down. Debit card getting cut off. You can forget about child support for those kids. If you do manage to get out, oh well. Yeah. Yeah. They it's unfortunately set up that way. And it's it's so unfortunate. And a lot of them just feel so powerless 
to do anything even when they know this is not good this is not healthy yeah but yeah and it's just really sad you know that this is there are so many other things like diabetes high blood pressure you know all of these other physical things that are killing us at a rapid rate mm-hmm. you know these men that god has called to you know to lead us and love us and protect us mm-hmm. they're killing us too <laughs> like <laughs> dang like can we catch a break out here black women like dang like <laughs> it, it doesn't it's it's really sad and it troubles my heart and you know I'm very grateful that I have that I have husband and I've never had to witness like you know like experience this but even witnessing it mm-hmm. you know I grew up in a household with you know my mom and my dad and four girls and my dad like my dad made it very clear <laughs> Look, let you you know what I'm saying like and I think too you know that's something else that a lot of these girls get in these relationships and they don't have a father figure showing them like this is how a man is supposed to treat you this is how it's supposed to be done they watch these movies they watch baby boy Mm -hmm. and and what's love got to do with it I can Tina they watch these things and they feel like oh okay like this is this is you know love and hip-hop where it's all this drama and cussing and fussing like these are the examples that they see because they don't have their dad. And I feel like I'm so grateful that my dad made it very clear, like, mm-hmm. don't accept this, 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 or this, because I'm going to jail. <laughs> like, like, he made it very, very clear. But it, and, I'm, and I'm grateful for that because I felt like because I knew who I was and my worth and what a man was supposed to look like, mm-hmm. I, I just didn't fall for no tomfoolery like I no I've had two boyfriends in my entire life and I'm married to one of them like nah <laughs> no 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 see my daddy told me about you <laughs> no so I think that you know having these conversations having just places for girls to go and see you know healthy relationships healthy yeah what things are supposed to look like Mm -hmm. it starts from the top like your daughter is watching you and I I feel like I used to say this to my friend all the time like would this be acceptable for your daughter could your daughter send you the picture you just sent me yeah this is why you have to leave Mm -hmm. it's not even about you anymore but if your baby you know 20 years from now thinks that it's normal for you know Mm -hmm for dad to, to punch you in the face because he mad a little bit because he triggered no yeah no. your kids deserve better than that mm-hmm. staying together for the kids is not always no the best option no because they need they need a volatile two-parent household is way worse than a single parent one. yeah <laughs> yes yes yeah um so if you are a survivor or someone who is ready to leave an abuser, we definitely want you um, to know where you can get help. So you can always call the National Domestic Violence Hotline. The number is 800-799-7233. Um, you can chat with somebody online and it's 24 seven. So they're available all the time. Um, and there's also, um, the Institute of Domestic Violence um, in the African-American community. Their number is 
643-8222. We definitely just want to educate and acknowledge these things. We want to give you guys some things to think about. But we always, as um, Eve always says, that we want to be a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. Um, So Eve has some things that she's going to be sharing with us um, from her program, Unapologetically Thriving. And so we are so excited. So Eve, you just let them know what resources um, you have. And just tell us a little bit about um, Unapologetically Thriving. Okay. Um, Let me just add those resources that you listed for the domestic violence was actually really cool about those is that the hotline, domestic violence hotline, and I think there's another one like Safe Haven. There's so many DV organizations out there. They actually have like little tabs in the corner of the computer if you're researching, trying to determine if that's your situation, where if you think he or she may find out what's going on, you click that X at the top, it takes you to Google. Mm. so it's like if they're like walking by it's, it's an escape button yes mm, cool. wow yes yeah they literally like, thought of everything some of them make it so that somebody can't go and click the back button to find out where you were before mm. yeah very cool that's awesome <laughs> this one is cool yeah so um yes unapologetically thriving so well, one of the many things i do <laughs> Um, I'm a personal empowerment strategist. So basically, I just give women really the um, the tools and strategies that they need just to make positive changes and start to and become empowered, really, and um, to live the kind of life that she has always envisioned. And one of the areas I focus on is um, toxic and abusive relationship recovery. Like I said, I've been through it. Um, thank God I got out and doing much better as a result of it. Um, so I just wanted to, um, just use my experience as, um, as a way to help other people or other women in in similar situations. So, um, what I've been working on, it's just kind of like a quick little guide. It's going to be a PDF printable. And I'm calling it the relationship purge. And it's basically for the things you need to do in the immediate after when that relationship ends. So, I mean, just several uh, things you can implement right away just to kind of start fresh and begin that journey to becoming empowered. So that's what that's about. And it will be on my website soon. Well, um. No, it should be, it, it'll be available. Um, it'll be available this month for sure. And awesome. my website name, it's my name. Yes. <laughs> so it's evecbrown.com. And it's Y, V like Victor, E S C B R O W N. And we'll definitely post the link. In the yeah, group. we'll post the link. And then whenever um, the downloadable is available, um, we'll share that in the group as well. So, yeah. and I think I'm doing a, um, your health is lit. Takeover is that what I'm doing? Oh yeah! Yes. So I mean, so we gave Eve free reign um the month of October and really much like any day like Eve can <laughs> um to just you know throughout the month give her tips and just kind of drop some knowledge um, because everybody that's going through a situation like this may not um, feel like they want to comment or you know what have you so 
Eve is a member in the, in the group, um, as well as myself and Donna. You guys, our inbox is a safe place. So yeah. if there is somebody in our group who is dealing with this or think that they might be dealing with this and needs to speak with somebody, mm-hmm. we are definitely available to help because we're here to serve. And that's, that's really the whole, you know, our whole mission um, here at Your Health is Lit is to be a solution and to help. So if you don't want to call the domestic hotline number and you just want to talk to somebody because you think that you may be going through something similar, inbox us. We are here. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So ladies, as always, this has been so... uh, Lit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like this this was great, and so um, we definitely didn't cover everything, and I know we kind of, but we kind of touched on a yeah, lot of parts. Yeah. I hope that we really gave people some things to think about and some things to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. I'm down for part two. Yeah. Talk yeah. to someone if you're going through domestic yeah. violence, please, before it. Before it's too late. Before it's too late. Like, before you literally end up on the news. Like, these things. And if you know somebody, just be a support. Yeah. Be a support. And no judgment, please. Yeah. (laughs) And know know if you can't be a support. Like, like, you know, my patience is really thin for this. I can't support you, but, you know, I, you know, I want to help direct you to someone who can because I don't feel like best suits me it is okay if you're the friend to say you know what like I don't know if I can deal with this I don't want to give you the wrong information so here's some people who I found for you that I think may be able to help you just to talk to um because you have to understand your own limitations as a support person because you can't then take on and embody the frustration and all of that you have to be able to kind of you know be a support but then also, you know, take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So know, just know your limits. And if you can't be supportive, that, you know, and you identify that, you are doing that person a way better service in the long run um, than giving them, like, bad advice or stressed out advice or we wrong advice. That's a whole other topic with seek wise, seek wise counsel. We, we, I'm, we, nope, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to go to bed. <laughs> it is late. He's like, not today. Not today. <laughs> He's like, don't even get started. So, yeah, if you can't be wise counsel, um, know that you are not wise. Like, identify that. And it's okay because we don't have to be experts as everything. That's why we have, you know, people come on because we don't know mm-hmm. everything. So, well, <laughs> that's another Your Health is Lit session. We hope Yay. you guys enjoyed it. Good night, Good everybody. Night, everyone.